Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for professionals. We work to simplify your finances so you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Alex Collins. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Good. I, the, I see you got the memo about wearing blue today. Uh, yeah, I, I just realized that. I almost wore my jacket as well. I should, we could have been twinsies. <laughs> How are you doing on your TPS report? <laughs> I'm going to need you to work this weekend. Okay. <laughs> uh, good to see you, buddy. Yes. So you for better those to hear you laughing. I laugh all the time. For those of you who are new, welcome to the show. This show is all about talking about financial topics as well as getting better as a person and growing uh, growing as a person so that we can build the life that we want to build. And we started this from a, uh, we'll call it a seminar, even though I hate that word. We, ha- we held a seminar or an event uh, at a local company here in Seattle and we wanted it to be casual, low key. We wanted it to be open um, around conversation around money because money can be a taboo topic or a stressful topic to say the, um, at the minimum. And so we called it Beer and Money. And one of them actually came up to Alex after the show and Alex tells the story better. So Alex, why don't you finish the story? <laughs> yeah, so they, they came up afterwards and said like, hey, did you guys record it? Because I want a copy of that. And like, we put on various different workshops for, for this group. We've put on, what, about 12 or 13 now, Ryan? Something like that. And uh, it, it seems like we get at least one or two people asking us that every single time. And so uh, last summer, we got the brilliant idea of turning this into a, uh, a podcast. And you know, we, we were thinking that people would actually want to hear us uh, walk through some, through some uh, spreadsheets. <laughs> so we love hearing ourselves talk so what else better should we make other people hear us talk <laughs> before we get any further no we don't actually walk through through spreadsheets <laughs> on the podcast despite my desire to make sure you check us out at beerandmoney.net um, there's some information there there's also at the bottom of that there, there's a spot there for you to reach out to us with any questions or just to engage with us a lot of you have started to engage with, with us, which is fantastic. Please keep doing that. Uh, our, our rankings actually on, on podcast is, is actually, we're now ranked, Alex. So we're, we're doing something right. Um, and we're actually ranked rather high, um, considering there's over a million podcasts. So I'm excited to share that news. So if you're listening, please share uh, the episode. If you find value out of it, um, please feel free to give us a ranking or make, give us comments because we want to make the show valuable for you. Absolutely. So without further ado, in our last podcast, Mr. Collins, we were talking about kind of the basics of financial planning. We were. And so like we kind of jumped into just like the, the broad overview. Um, sorry, that's still your thunder, didn't I? Go ahead. No, it's so <laughs> you didn't say my thunder. We had broad overview around financial planning. And really the the big takeaway that we wanted everyone to have, and I think everyone really understands it. We just kind of point at it and maybe roll it over and then kick it. And then when we're done, <laughs> we, we drop, we, <laughs> right? But 
when we look at our finances, the biggest piece around our finances, especially in the accumulation years, is the income coming in the door. Like what we do with our money as it comes in the door is the most important piece of financial planning. It's not the rate of return conversation. Not that that conversation shouldn't occur. It's just not the primary conversation to have. You can have more an effect on your on your balance sheet by controlling that green area that you're now seeing. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, it's the cash flow area. This right. is one, your- one of the things that you mentioned there, Ryan, is, is control. Like, I, I would love if the if you and I or or the client could control the rate of return component. Uh, we can c- control the magnitude that we get from from the financial markets, but we can't control the financial markets themselves. Outside events are always going to to trump what uh, what we're actually what what we have control over. Um, and so the the cash flow component, how much we're actually saving, is what we can control, and we want to focus on the things that we can control. How much we're saving, and where we're putting it, and how we're paying down our debts—like all of that comes from cash flow. You make the choices there. That's where it starts. And little precursor for retirement. That's also where it ends. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because our assets eventually turn into our income. Exactly. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter how much we have in the way of assets. Like more is usually better. Uh, but it's really about how efficiently and effectively we're able to turn those assets into cash flow in retirement. And then uh, what, if any, negative effects do we have uh, on that cash flow in retirement, for, for example, taxes? So for today's episode, we want to talk about step number one, and that's protecting our greatest financial resource, our income. Um, I heard it once told to me, and Alex, we we use this both quite often. If you had a machine that printed $250,000 a year, would you put a lock on your door? (laughs) Yes. What else would you possibly do, right? Like you would, I don't know about you, I would like maybe bury the machine. I would put it in a bunch of cement. I'd have some laser beams coming out of the people's freaking head, right? I would, I would protect <laughs> laser beams. I'd, I would protect I, that thing with everything I could. I, I don't know. I'd actually want to still access the machine, so I probably wouldn't bury it and seal it in concrete. But Well, I'd have a, a road to go in underneath. So. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about here. And so oftentimes you can see in the yellow column here on the screen, it's the protection area. And what we mean by protection is protecting your protecting your income. Because if that goes away, how does that affect your lifestyle? And this is a conversation we have with every single one of our clients uh, and, and, and conversations we have with just people in general. You don't have to be a client because we want this to come across as, well, a simple, and B, it's your choice, not our choice. So we just show you how you currently look, and then you decide. And th- there's a lot of conversation to go into this. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can see the different categories that we tend to go into, auto insurance. There's a bunch of stuff here. For today's conversation, for simplicity, we're going to talk around a common topic, and that's life insurance. Yeah, and one 
like as you, you were talking about, Ryan, that our, our goal is to go ahead and, and provide color to the conversation and make sure that we can have the conversation so that the, you know, the decisions that we make are based on uh, actionable information as opposed to a gut feeling or, or, you know, maybe not having the conversation because it's not necessarily a fun conversation to have. Um, you know, it, it's important to have the conversation even if it isn't fun. Exactly. And so to, just to paint the picture a little bit here today, uh, the the fake person that we we're kind of portraying here <laughs> is a, a married couple, ha, has two kids, has a has a house, right? It's your, it's your traditional person that you would typically see in the all-American dream, if you want to look at it that way from a stereotype aspect, white picket fence, yeah. if you want to, right? Two and a half kids, cat and a dog and a white picket fence? Absolutely. Except uh, for the cat. <laughs> all, all, all the cat lovers are now are going to email me. Um, <laughs> As well, you should. Go, Doc. But when we look, Doc Alex, when we look at a financial picture like that, right, in, in this instance, we had $250,000 coming in the door from an income perspective. And there was, uh, each spouse was making one twenty-five, And they have about $300,000 in assets, and they have $750,000 of life insurance. Like that's the picture here. So if we're looking at a quick calculator and to make this ultra simple, what happens if spouse one in this instance passes away prematurely? Does life exist the same or some version of the same if in that instance. And so we have a quick way of, of going through, and I hate to use numbers in this instance, um, you know, there's no way to replace someone passing away prematurely, right? From, an in, from a financial standpoint, that's why you buy life insurance. That's the reason for life insurance. So let's take a look at this. Like I said, it has an asset value of $300,000. And Alex, let's use a, a traditional, let's just say this is a 35 year old person right? And we're going to take them for 30 years out to age 65. So your traditional retirement age. So the question so we're we only getting them to retirement, not through retirement. Correct. Let's talk about the $300,000 that this person has invested. Okay. When I ask, when, when we ask clients, what is your expectations of rate of return on the $300,000? What numbers do you get? Uh, we've been uh, people have been coached to to give answers of eight to ten, sometimes upwards of twelve percent per year. Yeah, uh, I get that too. Everyone, and and we'll get even low conservative ones. Well, I've had someone say three percent. Yep. Right. Sometimes this, this depends on stage of life, depends on your your aggressiveness, or you know, there's a lot of instances here. For this conversation, I kind of want to go. In between those numbers, I don't want to go too conservative. I don't want to definitely go too high. Eight percent sound okay to you? I mean, eight eight percent is it, so much of this depends on like the number that you're looking at here is an after-tax number. So you know, if we're looking at like a ten percent pre-tax number, like we're almost certainly going to be at like eight percent or lower. And that's using a 10% starting number. I'd suggest using a 6% number if we're using after tax. Sure. Okay. So we're going to do 6%. Uh, 
three hundred thousand dollars. This is after tax, right? So the gross that's like eight nine percent, right? So just on the three hundred thousand dollars for a thirty year period, that number grows to one point seven million dollars. So this person's already doing done something right. <laughs> yes, they have. Right. So that's just something to think about. In our last previous conversation, in the last episode, we talked about what this number looks like if we could save every dime that we make. That's what we discussed <laughs> as our human life value. That number is much bigger than this. Correct. But let's kind of paint this picture uh, utilizing math and utilizing what happens in real life to some degree, what all occurs here. So if we've got two income numbers coming in the door, right, each making $125,000. If we were to ask that person, do we expect their income to go up or down over the next 30 years? I've never had anyone tell me it's going to go down. <laughs> I've had two people tell tell me that it's going to go down, but most of them are are folks that are like close to or at retirement. Right. So we're talking about the 35-year-old. Have you ever had a 35-year-old tell you that? I have not. Okay. So we're going to go ultra conservative, and we're just going to say that this person gets inflation at 3% bumps uh, over the next 30 years, right? And that's common that we hear almost every client say. Sure. So you're, you're not talking about getting a promotion or you know, having a, a anything other than just like your basic cost of living adjustment. Correct. And it's funny when I when I go over that with with I don't know how you um, discuss this with with people, Alex, like people will say three percent and they're like and when they look at the numbers, they're like, wow, that's a lot of money. And that's on the low end. Like this really doesn't include. Right. right? Like think of, look at it from this perspective. If you're 35 years old now, what were you making when you were 25? Right. I'm sure if you did the math, it's more than 3% a year you've done already. Oh, absolutely. One, like, that's one of the things that I'll occasionally do is do the math backwards to say like, okay, hey, yes, this number sounds big, uh, but that's the, the power of compound uh, interest. If we were to take a look at, at uh, what you were making 10 years ago when you were 25, presumably right out of college, and compare that to what you're making now, like, let's say that this person you know, started out at making, uh, you know, 50K a year and they're, they're now up to 125. Like, yep. okay, they, they more than doubled their their income in a 10-year time period. And so when we start looking at it through that lens, like, yeah, we're, we should wind up seeing significant increases in, in cash flow. Yeah, and again, we mentioned it maybe almost every episode. This is where you can control Right, your 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 cash flow, and sometimes you got to take a step back and look at it from that perspective. So so moving on with our our calculation here, we were showing a twenty five thousand dollars savings of the two hundred fifty thousand dollars per year. So they're bringing in one twenty five each. That equals a household income of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right, that's the money that they're living on the life that they currently have. That's taxes. That's mortgage. That's vacations. That's everything except for $25,000 per year was being saved into 401ks and different vehicles on their balance sheet. Okay. And we're ignoring like where it's going. That That's irrelevant yeah. for this conversation. It's just, we're saving $25,000 a year. So what that really means to break it down, and this is actually scares, I think more people than the, the other numbers we've gone through is, that means that $225,000 in this instance, is leaving this person's balance sheet. It's going to taxes. It's going to live in the life that they want to live, their mortgage, their vacation, everything. 
Yep. And we're going to put that same 3% inflation number because yet again, when I ask the question of, do you think eggs are going to cost more over time? I've never heard anyone say no. <laughs> and we all remember dad's story of uh, bread costing a nickel. Exactly. So when we put this out into just pure math, what this person's kind of on pace for, and yes, there's a whole bunch of variables we could change, but given the numbers we just did, they're on pace for $4.6 million at retirement. Not bad. Not bad at all. They're doing a lot of things right. Right? So this is the lifestyle that they're currently living and setting up for themselves for the future. Now we're going to play that game of protecting our income. And it's not a game. It's real life. What can occur? So in this instance, we were talking about life insurance, protecting in there for the instance of premature death. And so if one of the spouses passes away, and what does that mean? Well, from a straight financial conversation, it means that essentially $125,000 is no longer coming in the door. However, what that does mean is, in this case, they had $750,000 of life insurance. Where did they come up with that number? Oftentimes we hear, well, we want to make sure the mortgage is paid for and we want some amount of money left over uh, for all the debts to be paid or, or our kids' college. Like that's almost every time the answer that we get. Anything you'd add to that? I mean, usually we'll hear like, oh, I've got uh, like one times or two times my salary through work. And then we decided that we were going to layer in uh, a round number, 500000 a million dollars, something of that nature got layered in on top. Um, and oftentimes when we ask like, hey, how did, how did we come to those numbers? Uh, the, we get one of two answers uh, usually. It's either, oh, that covers the mortgage and covers our, our liabilities, or uh, it just sounded like a good round number. Like we feel like we should be able to manage if we get, have half a million dollars or a million dollars. Yeah. Because the numbers sound big. And again, we're not here to say that that's right or wrong. That's just what we hear. Our job is to show you, okay, with those numbers and with what you told us your lifestyle is, what does that really do? So if the income stops tomorrow and your spouse receives $750,000 tax-free, mm -hmm. right? So they get $750,000, what happens? So they were on pace for the 4.6 what occurs so as i hit calculate here you can see it goes red real quick yeah you you only make it uh, about 12 years before you run out of not only that 750 of of insurance that showed up in your life but also the three three hundred thousand dollars that had grown out to 4.6 uh, is completely gone by the end of year 12 um, and then at the end of 30 years, Ryan, we wind up with this massive negative number. Um, so it, it's not just that we were, uh, that we didn't make it to retirement, but it's also like we, we no longer have that $4.6 million um, that is a, a nest egg to create for, for retirement income. But in addition to that, like we are, I think the number was what, $3.2 million in the hole. Yep. Uh, somewhere in that somewhere in that neighborhood so that's uh, uh 3.3 million dollars so that's we're, we're looking at almost an eight million dollar difference um in, in terms of of net worth over that time period 
Um, and one of the things that, that we get all the time is, well, yeah, but my income isn't going to, uh, my expenses aren't going to still be 225. And so, you know, let's, let, let's modify that a little bit. Um, so be you know, before we go there, before we go there, and we are going to go there, to simplify, because I know we're going into numbers here, and while some of you probably love these numbers, um, some of you might be more like me and are just like, okay, Ryan, Alex, just get to the dang, the dang point here. And the point that we're getting at here, in, in its simplest form, you had $125,000 plus what you put inflation in there per year coming in the door for the next 30 years. If that stopped coming in the door, what you literally just replaced with is $750,000. What is that, six years, five years of income that you replaced? You were going to work for 30 or 25 or whatever that is, but the number you replaced it with is far less than that number. Like in its simplest form, that's what occurred here. We're still giving 6% growth on that 750. Like we didn't like mess with the numbers. It's still 6% rate of return on the 750. The, the issue is lifestyle is still there and it's going to drain that. And you're used to $125,000 plus per year to come in the door the next 30 years. Now, Alex uh, just yeah, mentioned you. the great point of, and this is what we get all the time. Yeah, you're right. But $225,000 for lifestyle is going to change. And I'd ask the question of maybe. It might be. It's, it may not be a question. It's in this case, it's going to be a have to. Like you just right. have whether that. you, you want it have to or choice. Not, yeah. But let's play the game. Like let's play the game, right? Uh, you know, I'll take myself for instance. I I am the spender in our family. We would probably save more money if I did not exist. <laughs> I play that same role in my family as well, right? So what would that number be? Well, I. I, I have no clue of, of how to even base that number, but let's just start. Let's just say we could save $25,000. By the way, this is saying that we save it year one, which I don't know about you. If someone passes away, that doesn't magically happen, but let's just play that game of magically we can reduce our lifestyle by $25,000. If we did that, still go red real quick. Like now you push it out 17 years as opposed to 12. Right. What if you go to 150? Well, 150 worked, so that's good news. Sort of. The bad sort news of. is you didn't get to 4.6 million dollars. You got to 3.1. Right. Exactly. So you're still only getting to two thirds of where you were before. I mean, that that might be okay. Um, what we, what we would really want to do in that circumstance is, is trying to dig into some of the, the different things, but and get a sense of like, okay, do you want to have to move? Like you're now uprooting the kids, you're like forcing all sorts of change at a time when it's stressful enough. Um, you know, generally speaking, like the type of changes that would require to knock $75,000 off of the expenses. It's challenging to do uh, without going through massive, massive shifts. And like most of the clients, when we actually get to the conversation of like, okay, like imagine if you weren't here and what that would look like, they don't want it to be a whole lot different. And so it's like, okay, yes, there are expenses. Like if you have two car payments, one of the car payments would likely go away. 
if you like some of the costs for groceries would go down a little bit um like the the thing is is that like okay the, the utilities they, they pretty much aren't going to change at least not dramatically like if you have one less person in the room do you still have the lights on well i'm the one that tiptoes down in the middle of the night and opens up the fridge so maybe that <laughs> now look the, we're getting into the weeds here but we're also getting to the point of this is what we hear. Frankly, this is what I thought even myself before really understanding and learning what it is I'm replacing. Like I right. bought life insurance on myself to protect my family. And when I did this type of calculation, I sat and thought, okay, I don't want Diane and the kids to have to change anything. Like right. that for me, now I'm talking to me personally, I'm not trying to dictate to you listeners that this should be your viewpoint. My viewpoint is I want my family to have the same life. Therefore, the 225, I'm going to keep it at that. So I'm basing my protection based off that number. Right. So we've done a lot of numbers <laughs> in this episode. I, I'm hoping that the, the simple aspect, the, the simple takeaway here is when you look at protecting yourself from the 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 event of a premature death how many years of income do you want to replace like i would look at it from that standpoint because that's what you can control all the other factors that alex started going into the weeds for and this is why i'm so glad that we're partners because this is why he does what he does is he gets into the weeds and the question is do you want to have to go into the weeds is that what you're really going to want to have to experience and go through and start to really go and go through that experience when your spouse passes away or if your spouse passed away prematurely? The easy answer, Ryan, is, is no. Um, you know, the, the examples that I've been through with, uh, with clients having passed away and, and we recently experienced uh, a client having passed away. And when we walked through like, okay, hey, here is how we're going to create that income and replace the the income that was there like you could visually see the client relax um, and like know that they didn't have to change their lifestyle and it was such an immense weight off of their shoulders um, to, to be able to know that they were taken care of financially and that they could they could then go back to you know, taking care of family um, yep. and, and dealing with the tragedy that has occurred. Um, you know, and it, it's something that it, we all hope that we never have to go through it. And at the same time, the reason for this, for, for what we do here with life insurance is so that if we have to, we know that our loved ones are truly taken care of and we don't have to, we don't have to decide, okay, what is it that we're cutting back on? what what goes away because this also occurred so when you're looking at protecting your income our message is a protect as much many years of income as you feel you though you need to and then b protect from worst threats first these are threats that can completely annihilate your balance sheet like someone's income going away can annihilate a balance sheet and that's from death that's from sickness or injury, that's from lawsuit, right? That's the reason you see those four categories up at the top if you're watching us on YouTube here. 
So, Mr. Collins, I, I think we I think we beat the dead horse here in terms of human life value <laughs> and protecting our income. For those of you, if you have any questions or if you if you want to chat with us offline or if you have another topic you want to hear, please visit us at beerandmoney.net and send us a message. If you want to engage with us in terms of any kind of, we have gotten a couple of emails actually asking us, hey, do you guys actually, are you accepting new clients? We are. And so we didn't want this platform to be the big message or marketing around like, hey, utilize us for financial advisory or financial planning purposes. But we do offer that. So if you are interested in that, feel free to reach out to us. And, and yeah, Mr. Collins, anything else to add? Well, let's uh, let's walk through a question of the day here, Ron. Love it. Let's go ahead, Mr. Collins. <laughs> uh, when was the last time that you reviewed your protection plan? And how did you go through that that process? You know, was it uh, one professional that helped walk you through it? Was it friend or family? Was it just sitting down with a, a bottle of wine and your spouse? Um, what was it that you actually reviewed and, and how long did that process take? Awesome. So feel free to message us, feel free to give us your answers to that question. And we hope this podcast was valuable. This episode was valuable for you to, for you today. And Mr. Collins, why don't you close this out with? Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and it's not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or quantified financial partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, Membra, Inra, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bonafide Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-103828, expiration June 2022.